Thank you for tuning in to the Whiskey Culture Podcast, where we give you exclusive interviews, reviews, and commentary surrounding the culture behind America's favorite drink. I'm your host, Greg Sinodinos. Let's get started. Hey guys, this is Greg with Whiskey Culture, here with my friend Chris from Chattanooga Whiskey. What's up, guys? So, uh, Chris and I actually had the pleasure of meeting at the uh, Bourbon... What was it the Bourbon Barbecue Bacon Festival yep. or Bourbon Beer Barbecue Bourbon Bacon? Bourbon Beer Barbecue. It was just There's great. three bunch bees. Of bees. <laughs> just a bunch of bees. And so uh, we had the pleasure of meeting uh, over there and ended up becoming pretty quick friends. Um, he invited us out to Chattanooga, which I'm sure some of you saw those pictures. Uh, really cool experimental distillery we got to visit. Really great product. Um, we, I think we did a little bit about them moving away from MGP and having their own product, which is phenomenal. Uh, but Chris is actually visiting us here in town, uh, which is very cool. So we are going to uh, learn a little bit more about him as a, a whiskey lover and a little bit about Chattanooga whiskey. So take it away, Chris. Awesome. So yeah, a little bit about me, Chris, live in, uh, North Florida, Northeast Florida, been in the industry for a little while. Started out as a, uh, you know, cut my teeth working at a working at a bar down in San Augustine, and then worked my way into a distributorship. Did that for a while and just found a deep passion for bourbon. And so when I got the opportunity to come work with Chattanooga Whiskey and run the state of Florida, it was a opportunity I gladly accepted. It was gave me an opportunity to be able to showcase my love and passion for bourbon and get it out into the market to spread the Chattanooga Whiskey gospel. Perfect. So you're out of St. Augustine, right? Yeah. So I live in St. Augustine, Florida. Perfect. And, and they have the the uh, St. Augustine Distillery up there. So yeah, we got uh, the St. Augustine Distillery there. We got San uh, San Sebastian Vineyards up there. So we get some wine. We got some other stuff. We got some other cool stuff. We got uh, out of Jack's Mill Manifest uh, Burlock and Barrel. We got a few things coming up up there, which is really cool. We got a good buddy of mine actually has a vodka distillery up there. Uh, called Car Vodka. So there's a there's a pretty good scene coming out of Northeast Florida right now. Yeah, and it, it you know it's really good. And and when we ended up going up this last time, and that was the March trip that we took up to do coverage. Yeah, uh, you had us go to that experimental distillery, which was was super cool. I mean, you guys have the the um, the little underground aging warehouse. Yeah, with the stone like it, it was just a really really cool vibe. It was kind of like a a mix of that that. Uh, natural, you know, stone aging and, and underground and then the modern aesthetic of the, the new distillery and the small batches that you guys are creating was really cool. Yeah, so the experimental distillery is by far one of the coolest things. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, we don't know if there's any other standalone experimental distilleries in the country. We like to say we're the only one because we're the only one we really know about. Uh, <laughs> so don't fact check that, but we think we are. Um, back, back, backyard barns don't count. Exactly. <laughs> But the cool thing about the experimental distillery is 100 gallons still, 300 gallon fermenters. We can do one barrel a week there, but we still use it to this day as an experiment. So everything that we have has been founded in the experimental distillery. We do a bunch of experimental distillery releases that are made at the experimental distillery. And unfortunately, they are distillery only, so we don't really see those in Florida. But that's where 91 and 111 were founded as well. A little bit about our history. It, we were founded in 2011, and uh, our owner grew up in Chattanooga. He's lived there forever, and it's one of those things where he learned the history of whiskey in Chattanooga. So at one point, Chattanooga 
had over 30 distilleries. And it was one of the busiest areas around in the southeast, especially when it came to whiskey distilling. And he learned about all this history and realized that Chattanooga's culture was so deeply engraved with whiskey and the fact there was no whiskey left. He was like, what the heck? I'm going to open a distillery. I'm going to bring whiskey back to Chattanooga. One problem is it's illegal. (laughs) So, you know, it's funny because you've, you've heard of Jack Daniels for such a long time and you know, some of the other brands that come out of Tennessee for such a long period of time. And you never thought that it was actually illegal to distill in Tennessee, but it was. So it was illegal to distill in Tennessee from prohibition. Some cities did a uh, kind of a prohibition before actual prohibition hit. So, and Chattanooga was unfortunately one of those. So there was only two or three counties that you could actually distill in Tennessee. So founded in 2011, created this campaign called the Vote Whiskey Campaign. We started that in 2012 because we knew that if we wanted to make Chattanooga whiskey in Chattanooga, we had to have, we had to get those laws changed. And in order to do so, we had to have the support of the locals, support of all the local Chattanoogans, Tennessee, and everybody. So we created the campaign, the Vote Whiskey Campaign. It took us two years to lobby to help change laws. Laws changed 2013. We opened up the Experimental Distiller in 2015. So at that point in the interim, we were using some product from MGP. Uh, they make a great product. So we really wanted to make something that was our own style. You know, there's so much bourbon out there and there's a lot of fantastic bourbon out there. So we wanted to make something that was kind of true, unique. And even if it was small, we wanted to make sure it was great. And so we started, when we opened up the experimental distillery, we just started putting away barrels. You know, like I said, a barrel a week. So barrel a week, Tasted through, we got through over a hundred barrels, tasted through all of them. You know, it's kind of like bracketology and like, you know, it's like an NCA. It's like March Madness for bourbon. It was great. Uh, and it got down from hundred down to down to down, down to 10, down to five. And barrel 91 happened to be our favorite. So barrel 91 is why we have a 91 proof. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there's so, a lot of stuff. That kind so of even the, just the proof pays homage to the, the process that you guys... Yeah, yeah. So the cool thing is, is too, is kind of like how I go back to that history is we were the first distillery back in Chattanooga after 100 years. So like when you look at our bottle, there's 100 years of history wrapped into a single bottle of Chattanooga, which is pretty cool. Which, you know, I really like the the design of the bottle itself. It's it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's it really is striking because you see a lot of bottles that are very, very similar and they kind of don't pop out. But yeah. with, with any, from the thin label to the actual embossment of, you know, the made in Chattanooga, Tennessee, like that, that's really, uh, it's really particular and it's really unique to your product. Is there, so you guys really, really went out to differentiate yourself just from not only what you're putting in the bottle, but the bottle itself. Cause I mean, I've, I've seen it, it stands out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So a little, a little history, a little like, you know, not really history, but one of the things they say is when somebody's scanning a set, you have eight seconds to, for them to pick their mind on what's, what they want to buy. So is your bottle going to stand out from everything else? And we really wanted to, uh, to make that happen, you know, and we, transparency is really important to us. So on our labels too, you'll see that there is a ton of information. So there's a bunch of trigger words within bourbon, right? There's small batch, there's, you know, all these different kinds of trigger words that trigger you. Um, and, and they're made to do that, but we wanted to be super transparent. So I don't honestly think we could have fit another word onto our, <laughs> onto our, <laughs> onto our, uh, onto our label, but it's really nice because nowadays, I mean, if you're listening to this, 
probably listen to it because you're into whiskey. Uh, we hope. You're right. <laughs> and you're probably educated on, on whiskey or, or wanting to be educated on whiskey. And with the bourbon boom the way it is, people are striving and they want that information. They're thirsty for that information. And so for us, we put everything on the side of our label. Our mash bill. There's not very many other people that actually put their mash bill on the side of their label. How we ferment, how we age, uh, our batch size. We're not just telling you it's a small batch and letting you use your imagination. Um, we actually tell you the batch size on there. So there's a lot of information on there that is really cool that people really appreciate when they see it on the shelf. So something else that's really cool is the made Chattanooga. So you'll see people on the bottle. So you'll see people who... After bottle's over, they might take and put olive oil in it and use it around the house or use it around whatever. Or you never know. Make a lamp out of it. Who knows? So the cool thing is with that made in Chattanooga, if you were to take every label off of our bottle, it's still Chattanooga whiskey, which I think is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. I've, I've actually been starting to get into that a little bit myself where like, uh, I, you know, the... Um the Willet pot still bottles. Yeah. I have the, the big base with the, the long neck. I, yeah. I actually make, uh, I do a garlic olive oil that I put into it and I bought a little stopper for it. Yeah, that's little, that's literally, <laughs> and a lot of people are doing that. So it's, you know, there's, I always look at the bottle as, the bottle is what's getting you in and it's super easy to buy blank bottles. Yeah. But with the impression of with it being embossed is really nice for, for you. It's, it's great for customers. It's great for, you know, if you have friends over and they're like, oh, what is that? It really pops off of a bar. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love our package. In all honesty, I think our package is, is top-notch. Our uh, creative director who makes these is just, his brain just works in such a cool, beautiful way, really. I mean, from the paper. It's like a vintage kind of style paper with a certain, like, antique patina with the with how much, you know, it's not gloss, it's not flat, it's kind of like in the middle. And he literally, I you go into his office and see all the bottles of all like the old prototypes, and all oh, that's cool. Labels. Yeah, and it's pretty cool seeing the transition that he's been able to make, and it's cool. You know, like I said, I don't think you could have fit another word on it, and uh, and that's something that I think is really cool about us with the transparency aspect. Nifty. So yeah, let's uh, let's get to tasting some of these. Perfect. And while we're tasting it, let's talk a little bit about you, a little bit about you, and how you got into whiskey and. Oh, man. That is one, I know that it's right. one of the best sounds in the world. So it's funny. We uh, One thing that also you see for our bourbon that you don't see in a lot is the cork. There's so many different types of enclosures, whether you're a screw top, whether you're, you know, half synthetic cork. The cork is kind of a, you know, it's kind of fun for us. Yeah. Uh, our old bottles, we actually used a wine cork. And so sometimes they break. They weren't just, they weren't the greatest things in the world. But our new ones are really cool. They say the actual Chattanooga whiskey on top, which is nice with the uh, with a three star state the state three star, which is super cool. So yeah, I love I love our tops, and they always make a great pork top. Which lately I don't know about all the bourbon societies, but in Jacksonville there's a new one where it's a new trend where you open it and pull the cork out, and whoever has the best like cork pop. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So it's great. You'll see like random videos all day long of like people popping the top and see what has like a really good corked pop and uh our, ours are always pretty uh pretty awesome excellent so yeah i just poured our 91 so we have two different types we have uh, our 91 and our 111 so 91 they're both a tennessee high malt recipe so 
biggest thing for us is kind of like I said earlier, we wanted to make a really great bourbon that paid homage to traditional style bourbons and paid homage to our MGP product, but yet was very different into something that we liked. So we came up with the only Tennessee high malt bourbon. When I say Tennessee high malt, it's because we're a malt forward bourbon. So four grains, but three of those grains are actually a malted grain. So we use a caramel malted barley, a honey malted barley, and a malted rye. Uh, if you're a beer guy or you're into beer, those caramel malted barleys and honey malted barleys might sound familiar. Uh, the reason why we've kind of used some of those is our head distiller used to be in the uh, beer industry for, for a very large uh, brewer that's all around the country. So he kind of took some of those tactics and brought them to us. So that four grain mash bill, then we actually use a seven day fermentation process. Most people do three days. We do seven days, so kind of take the barbecue approach low and slow. Yeah. When you do a hot, fast fermentation, a lot of times you tend to get more yeast-forward flavors. Mm -hmm. When you do a long, cold fermentation, you're getting more of those actual mash bill flavors. And that's the whole thing. We want to make us unique and highlight, though, that mash bill that we have because it is so interesting. Well, it's really cool. The no So the nose on the 91 is very... It's different. So, you know, you get this bourbon whiskey and you expect it to be just incredibly sweet. You know, that, yeah. that's typically what you get. But this, you do get those, the, the sweet flavors, uh, or I mean the sweet uh, scents, but you get a little bit of, uh, you, you get a bit of that savory, uh, you know, you get a little bit of the savory, the that malty type yeah. of finish yeah. or a multi type of nose. And it's. It's really, uh, it's nicely balanced is, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. It's not just overbearingly sweet. There's a little bit of a floral scent in there, a little rose hip, stuff like that. But you, it, it's all balanced. Yeah. So you've got a little bit of, of the sweetness. You've got a bit of the earthy. You get, a, you get a bit of the malty. You get a bit of the floral. And it's it's not particularly pulling you in one way, which is really nice to see something balanced like that. Yeah, and that's the big thing is you want to make a – when you're making a bourbon, you want to make sure it's balanced, but it has all those notes that you want. You know, you want that sweetness a little bit. You want that, you know, those floral notes. You want that vanilla. You want, you don't want maybe that tobacco. Um, you know, depending upon your, your alcohol content, sometimes you put a little bit more tobacco or your barrel chars. So those are all beautiful things. And, you know, it's tough when you make a bourbon. You want to make sure it's smooth, but you also want to make sure that it has enough body. You know, mm -hmm. you want to make it easy to drink, approachable, but you want to make sure it has enough body. And we feel like we feel like we hit the nail on the head <laughs> with the ninety one and the one eleven. That's so good. Yeah, the ninety one. It, it's nice because uh, I, I'm I like smooth whiskeys, but I like whiskeys that still have a little bit of a pop, something yeah. that lets you know you're drinking, but that's not hot on the way down. Yeah, and it's really nice because you you get that full flavor even at 91 proof because i you know I, I like drinking stuff hotter yeah and even at 91 proof you get a little bit of, a, of that mouth pop if you will yeah. but it, it you don't get the kentucky hug on the way down yeah and it, it's really nice because you know you know you're drinking whiskey there's a lot of flavor with that yeah um there's a nice dry finish on it um it's not you know it's it's got that that dry finish with that those usual notes of charcoal and you know of uh you know toasted wood and so you've got those those really classical flavors, but again, it, it's very balanced. You know, you get a really good whiskey uh, feel, mouth feel to it. Yeah. But then it doesn't burn on the way down. So, you know, when you put it in your mouth, it, it it's like it's going to be a hotter, 
whiskey than it is, but then you you drink it and it's there's no burn going down. Yeah. It's very very it's, so it, it's it's like it's kind of the best right? of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. So that that little bit of that spice that you're getting is is that malted rye. So when you malt a grain, you get a lot more flavor characteristics out of it. So it's not like it's just straight rye in there. You're actually getting some of that malted grain. So when you malt a grain, like I said, you just get a lot more flavor characteristics out of it. So you're getting a little bit more of those baking spices, which give you that kind of full mouth feel and let you get that little bite that you still want when you're drinking bourbon. The 91 is more of like a you know medium-bodied bourbon. The nice thing about the 91 is it's to me it's great if you're a bourbon drinker and, and you love bourbon because it hits every note of it, it yeah. you get that spice like you were saying but it's also great for people who are getting into bourbon because it is yeah that might lot. like more classical like scotch or yeah. you know some, somebody if you're a scotch fan and you're trying to break into bourbon yeah you know you're an American not, whiskey guy and you're trying to break into it, bourbon yeah or even you know if, if you got somebody who drinks vodka and gin you know it's a good way to get into it because it's it's a really good flavorful whiskey and that and that's the thing about tennessee high malt is we want to make a flavorful bourbon and that's it so everything we do from our four grain mash bill from the malted grains from the seven day fermentation from the two different types of barrels to the four thousand gallon solera barrel that we aged that we finished the 91 in is all about saving flavors right Mm -hmm. and so that fermentation process seven day helps increase the flavor we use two different types of barrels. So every time we run distillate, we get around eight barrels. Four barrels are a number four char, which is pretty industry standard. The other four are a three with a toast. So mm-hmm. our toasting is not a secondary. It's not a finishing thing. So our barrels are actually in a toasted and charred barrel. Half of that mash bill is in a, a – half that fermentation batch is in a toasted barrel for all the entire time it's in the barrel. So it's not just a finishing process, which is cool. And then the 91 is then pumped into a 4,000-gallon Solera barrel after it's hit, you know, the, the H statement required to be bourbon. And so that is literally a 4,000-gallon one-char American white oak barrel. It is the coolest thing in the world. It's huge. It holds 100 barrels. So you imagine how big your barrel is, and it holds 100 yeah, barrels. So that's it's, insane. It's really cool, and it never runs empty. So it's, you know, we fill it up, and we take eight barrels out, and we bottle. We put eight barrels back in. So it allows that bourbon to always co-mingle. Something that I think is kind of cool, too, is the original 91, which I said with our experimental distillery where it was founded, our original barrel of 91 got put into that Solera. It's impossible to pull one barrel out when it's, you know, got 100 barrels in there. So a little bit of that first barrel that was ever made of 91 is in every single bottle. That's extra cool. Which I think is super cool. Yeah. You know, so... It gives it that op- opportunity to kind of have co-mingle all together, which I think is really, really, really cool. So then we're going to go with the uh, the 111. The 111 is our unfiltered cash strength offering. I, I'm quite a fan of unfiltered. Oh, yeah. So the, one of the things I always like to say for Chattanooga Whiskey is our value. We have such a great value that, you know, I would put, I put, would put our value against pretty much anything in the industry. Um, you know, with the four grain mash bill, you know, with that seven day fermentation process, twice as long with us using two different types of barrels. Most people only use one. And then our 91 going through that 4,000 gallon Solera barrel system. There's, there's a lot of things that cost a lot of money. Yeah. You know, that costs more than your average thing. And, and for the retails being what they are, 35 and 45, uh, respectively between the 91 and 111, the value there is just astronomical for a consumer. Honestly, I think so. 
for to get an unfiltered cash strength bourbon that's made you know in hand it's it's not an mgp product which there's like i said there's nothing wrong with those products at all but for the love and care that our distilling team puts behind it and the i would say the blood sweat and tears that they put in behind it and then with all those cool factors and it being an unfiltered cash strength for 45 dollar retail yeah uh, i think it's pretty uh it's pretty cool and it's pretty hard to beat in the industry to be honest with you i think so so how did i mean you obviously you know a lot about chattanooga whiskey yeah as you should yeah right (laughs) but 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 you also know just a lot about whiskey in general yeah and and it really translates into you know every time that you and i chat yeah it we're we're always talking about it you know a different something we're always talking about something to do with whiskey some new story that's coming up so you know some something and and so not only are you plugged in with chattanooga and and you know staying in in your line of work there but you're very plugged into the the whiskey community in general you follow a lot of local groups you you know you are you know obviously you're very knowledgeable about stores because you're you know you're in stores all the time stores all day but uh you're also very just plugged into to whiskey the process and the culture in general and that's what we're about How, how did you foster your love for whiskey so you know kind of like i was saying you know i worked cut my teeth working behind the bar and and you know it was the you know, we weren't doing craft cocktails. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's probably the best way to put it. But, you know, kind of learned it that way. And then I just, I was selling wine for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew passionate about wine. There's a lot of stuff that goes on there that I think is really cool. And then I started learning more about whiskey and what it takes to make whiskey and what whiskey actually is. And then you get into bourbon and you realize how different they can be, but yet you're stuck within a certain amount of you know rules and regulations that it can be to be bourbon and it just got my gears just rolling in my head like this is so cool i want to learn as much of it as i can and so i just started reading and, and just getting into all those groups you know and this is when bourbon wasn't wasn't you know what it is today. what it is today yeah. you know there wasn't a secondary market and there wasn't you know you'd get bottles now that would hit age inventory that now are selling for four or five hundred bottles dollars you know so it's crazy uh, to see the progression in the industry, but for me it was a it was a passion to learn. And, mm-hmm. and to me, if you ever think you're done learning, then you just need to stop. And yeah. You, you know, <laughs> you, you, if if you've ever learned and know it all, then then kudos to you. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't personally think that's that's ever possible. So it's interesting because what what you're talking about is really where the awe for whiskey for me came into. Yeah. Is. Um, you know, I, I got really into it, uh, it, and I've said this time and time again, and, and you know, my listeners, they, they know. Uh, I really didn't start, you know, I, I didn't like whiskey when I first started. I was really like a Captain Morgan kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, when, uh, you know, for a crazy party, some of us would all pitch in and splurge on a Crown Royal. Oh, watch out now. And, uh, you know, it's it's just interesting because the more that I got into whiskey, and, and I had an experience, we've talked about it on the blog a bit, where we ended up hunting down a barrel of barter house from Orphan Barrel. Nice. And that was like my first allocated bottle hunt, and I was just hooked. Yeah. And trying all these different things at bars to see, you know, well, I want to try before I buy. Yeah. And I'd hear about all these great bottles, and I'd go to a bar, I'd try it, and I'd say, oh, is it worth the money to go hunt it? Yeah. And, you know, balling on a budget. And right. <laughs> or I guess hunting on a budget. That's a daily skit. That's a daily thing. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I, I ended up going through the whole 
uh, process of, of learning all of the different types of whiskey and trying all these whiskeys. And, and you know, you, you hear a lot about uh, people who really enjoy wine. Yeah. And, and uh, not to be blasphemous here, but, you know, there, there are tons of kinds of wine, but there are tons of kinds of whiskey, too. Yeah. And there are so many different flavor profiles and different, and, and you're right, you all have, you have to work within a certain tolerance level for it to be whiskey. Yeah. But the, just the amount of variety all the way from, you can make the exact same product two ways. Yeah. And just, you know, an extra two seconds of char on a barrel or an extra 10 feet on where you put it in, in the warehouse when you're, while you're aging it in the rickhouse. Can totally change totally the flavor. Change. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, it's, it's hard to, even if you're not, a whiskey person like I wouldn't consider myself a whiskey person more or less at, at that point in my life yeah but I was still so impressed and so taken aback by the amount of variety and and just how the these subtle small differences could create uh, such a, a different complexity in a whiskey I, I was in awe of, of how how varied such a something that seems so simple and straightforward could be yeah and so that's a cool thing about bourbon like whiskey in general so I love bourbon, but I'm a whiskey fan. So yeah. I drink scotch. I drink American whiskey. I I do drink more bourbon than I drink anything else, but I do enjoy <laughs> scotch. I enjoy Irish whiskeys. Um, but the cool thing is, is when you realize how intentional everything is behind a bottle. And to me, that's super cool. You know, everything done, like you said, the littlest, tiniest things can change. You know, if yeah. it's in a barrel for 30 more minutes than before, if you toast it for... 10 seconds you know if you char it for an extra five seconds you know all those different things if it's in a fermentation tank for three days versus seven days there's so many different things that you can do you know how high do you barrel it you know how high do you proof it you know there's certain things within bourbon you know you can proof to 165 or 160 165 uh and you can't barrel higher than 125 does that mean you should whatever that's your style yeah if you want to you want to if you don't you don't uh the reason we don't use the Lincoln County process, we just don't want to, you know, yeah. and it's, there's so many different things. And so, but everything in it is intentional, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. And yet there's still subtle differences between batches. And that's something that I think is really cool that some people use a closed top fermenter. Some people use open top fermenters, you know, obviously you have an open top fermenter. You're allowed some of the air bacteria to get in there and create different flavors. And some people don't want that because they want more of a controlled process. Some people enhance that and accept that and say, wow, this is really cool. Like the building that I chose is happening to, I mean, literally you can make a bourbon at one distillery, go a mile down the road and do it another distillery and it tastes different just because yeah. the bacteria is in the air. You know, and there's so many different things and everything's so intentional that like not, you look at bourbon as a huge category. Not one of those companies does the exact same thing. Yeah, it's great. And even if they do, do it quote unquote the exact same it's still going to be a different product even yeah. even down to location exactly. I mean, even down to where you're cooking it yeah i mean it's it's just such a cool yeah. such a cool thing yeah, when you really get down into it and you start learning all that information you're like you know if you if you earn for more knowledge it makes i don't want to say it makes you get addicted to it but it makes you it makes you really appreciate what it is and want to dig deeper into into what it is and that's really what it is for me is I'm so passionate and figuring out how people do things and, and their thought processes and, and you know, where the grain's from and, and how they do their processes to gain certain flavors out of it. And everybody has, does it differently and has their own style, which I think is really cool. And that's something for me that, like, has me 
super interested into, into learning more about how how it works and how people do things. So, you know, interestingly enough, talking about, uh, you know, the difference, the, these are the same product. Yeah, right? so 91 and 111, same mash bill, cooked the same, aged the same. Uh, 91 is finishing a 4,000 gallon cell air barrel. 111 is unfiltered cash drink. So but, it, you know, it's process. funny, the, the 111, even though it's the exact same product, you get a lot more sweetness on the nose. You get a lot more of that tobacco, a lot more of yeah. the, the leather note. So you get a lot more of that classic bourbon no, whereas the yeah. 91, I feel like that, you know, the proof down opened it up to yep. some other subtle flavors and under there. And that's a layer barrel. Yeah. 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 So that's one thing I always love is the 91 and 111 taste so different. And kind of what we were just saying, the difference in styles of what you do on your how you age or, or what you do with it. Yeah, they really do. Is is right there. I mean, that shows you. It's the cooked the same. It's it's aged the same. One is just finished in a layer barrel and proof to 91. The other one's unfiltered cash drink, the 111. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, totally. I mean, Two totally different whiskeys here. Yeah. You know, just off of that one variable. Mm-hmm. And, well, I guess two, because it's proofed out. But yeah. two two variables that to somebody, you know, new to the whiskey scene would say like, oh, well, really, how much can it change it? Huge. Well, really, uh, yeah, yeah. completely. <laughs> Complete difference. <laughs> so something that I think is really cool about our, um, about our 111 is, you know, besides it being unfiltered because that's to me it's it's awesome so the reason i like unfiltered is it kind of gives you more of a round mouth feel you'll notice when you when you're drinking it really coats the entire palate yeah and it doesn't drink like 111 no it doesn't (laughs) again you get the same thing you get that that heat in the mouth and then really really small kentucky hug to to, yeah i mean almost noticeable but but you know one of the cool things is is while the other finish was dry it was kind of like here and gone Mm-hmm. This is a very dry finish that sticks with you. Yep. It lasts a long time after you uh, after you drink it, and it gives you a lot of those uh, more savory, yeah. uh, you know, charred spice characteristics yep. that that last after. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, you know. You, you you can even see one one sticks with you and one doesn't, and yeah. it's just just a couple of variables. But but the the one eleven man is is phenomenal. It does not drink like a one eleven. No. So the one eleven is it's funny so we're in florida us floridians like our proof uh yeah it's it's so funny because florida for all the states that we're in we sell more 111 than 91 we're the only market that does that <laughs> every other market it's you know we sell a lot more 91 consumers are really drinking a lot more 91 than they are 111 but florida we're we're the exact opposite we're uh we're loving that 111 <laughs> i mean we, we had a what was it a one 110 heated index where we're at yesterday yeah, so why not drink 111 <laughs> yeah, so, yeah we, we're only one one uh proof point off <laughs> exactly exactly so cool thing uh totally didn't mean to do this but if you actually leave chattanooga in order to get to our farm where we get all of our non-GMO yellow corn at, uh, you got to go down highway. The only way to get there is go down highway 111. Really? So that's funny. Totally didn't mean to do that, but it actually ended up working out pretty cool. So it's uh, it's, it's kind of kind of a fun thing to tell people. That's excellent. You know? Yeah, and it's it's great, you know, and and probably the reason we like our proof here in Florida is to forget how hot it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's if it's really hot inside your body too, it's not doesn't feel like it's as hot outside. Makes you feel better about yourself, at least. Yeah. <laughs> sweating your sure. sweating your behind off out here in the sun. Yeah, we had it. We had the what was it? The heat advisory yesterday. They were like, "Yeah, please stay indoors." And I was yeah. like, like, "I mean, it's just as hot as it always is." Right? You're like, "It's not any better." Yeah, I uh, beach weather in December. What up? exactly? Right? Like, and I always think like, I've lived in Florida my entire life. So if we have like a 
Not that we ever really have a real winter in, in Florida, but if you ever have like a real mild winter, that summer is just brutal. Yeah. And last year we had a very mild winter, to say the least. Perfect. To say the absolute least. Excellent, my friend. Well, I uh, I appreciate you uh, swinging by in Tampa, carving out time to to be on the podcast, be on the yeah, blog, uh, share Chattanooga, you know, with us. We went up we went up to uh, you all in March, so thank you for coming yeah. down to us this time. Yeah, right. No, hopefully uh, next time you come up, you'll be able to get you through the uh, through one of our other distilleries as well. So obviously, we do all of our tours through our experimental distillery. Uh, we host you know forty thousand people there a year. The cool thing is, is one of our top states is actually Florida. So a lot of Floridians know about us, but uh, if you're in the area, definitely stop by. We do tours on the hour, every hour. I think they're like 10 bucks. Yeah. And you get through, you go through an hour long tour, you learn the history. Uh, you learn a lot of history about how we were founded with our prohibition, kind of everything I briefly touched on today, but a lot more in depth. And then it ends with a, with a tasting and you get, I think three different flights. Uh, it's a flight of five. I think. And a cocktail. Yeah. So you get like two cocktails and then, and you get uh our 91 to 111, and then you get a uh, something we've done from the experimental distillery, which is really cool. So. Yeah, quite quite good. I think I think there was the, there was the what was it the honey? Oh, the yeah the the honey barrel. Yeah, the honey barrel was the one that we got to try when we were there, and that was phenomenal. Yeah, and then we did a mead finished with it. Uh, yeah, which a lot of a lot of people were really excited. about. Oh, that. you know what? That's the one we got was the, the mead. mead finished. Yeah, so there was the mead, and we did a honey. We did the honey. We did the mead. Uh, we recently did a Caribbean uh, rum barrel. Really? Cask finished. Uh, we actually kind of jumped out of the whiskey game a little bit and uh, did a batch of barrel-aged gin. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Which has done really well. So, And it's been a really cool project. One of our distillers wanted to do it, and you know they gave them the green light and said, go after it. So <laughs> they, uh, we actually used a lot of local you know, Tennessee uh, botanicals as well, which is pretty cool. So it's kind of like... Kind of gin. It's not you know a London Dry gin or, or a Brooklyn style gin. It's a it's a Tennessee style gin finished in uh, bourbon barrels, and it's really it's a it's really cool. It's a, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, that's super cool, Chris. I appreciate you being yeah, here today, and uh, I'm sure we're going to be crossing paths oh, over yeah. over the next uh, you know couple of years. So 100. I appreciate having you on, man, and, yeah, man. and uh, hopefully we'll see more of you soon. Awesome. We'll see you guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to follow Whiskey Culture on Instagram and Facebook and join our closed Facebook group. You can also help support the blog by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash whiskey culture for exclusive content, VIP prizes, and limited edition giveaways.